You're listening to a teaching from Vineyard Church in Jacksonville, Florida. For more information on teachings and special events, visit us online at www.vcjax.org. That's vcjax.org. Now let's listen in. We started studying. Um, I actually went back and looked. I keep a kind of an Excel spreadsheet of, of what we did each week. And in my mind, it seems like we've been going in the book of Acts for about three months now. Um, do, y'all remember, do y'all know when we actually started? September last year. <laughs> <laughs> year and a half ago, you asked. <laughs> How do you know that? I was curious, and I scrolled through the podcast a couple weeks ago. Oh, you look too. <laughs> now, you know, to be honest, to be to be truthful, we haven't literally been every single week. We did miss a few weeks where we did some other things and didn't stay in Acts, but we've been mainly in Acts, and, I, you know, we're... What are we, like a third of the way through? So, you know, maybe Jesus will come back before we finish. But um, you, you do understand the book of Acts is God's word, you know. And uh, I actually had a, um, I'm not going to get that story. Never mind. I will tell it. I actually had one of the leaders many, 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 many years ago that I'd been preaching through the book of John. And he chastised me for for being in the book of John for so long. And uh I just kind of looked at him and said, well, that is God's word, isn't it? And uh, I wasn't real smart back then. So I'm not real smart now, in case you're wondering. But uh, anyway, we're in the book of Acts. And uh, our hope and our goal is to see, you know, what did God do in the book of Acts? And it's the Acts of the, that's what the heading is. But literally, it's more like the Acts of the Holy Spirit as he dealt because it wasn't, we're getting ready to get into some chapters. Actually, tonight we're going to open up chapter 6, and we're going, to, we're going to look at a guy by the name of Stephen who wasn't one of the apostles. He was actually one of the first, who knows? Martyrs. He was one of the first martyrs, but he's one of the what? Deacons. One of the first, the seven that they, they called out. So we're going, to, we're going to get into that in a minute. But let's do a quick review. Tell me some things that we've studied or talked about or learned so far in the book of Acts. Tell me, I, I want to make sure I'll pay attention or we'll just start over in chapter one again. Um, what was that? What was that? Don't lie. Don't lie. That's a good one. Yeah, don't lie to the Holy Spirit. That's probably not a wise idea. Um, what else? What do we What do we talked about in, as we've been studying through Acts? Who remembers? You know, they say now you forget 90% of what you heard the first 10 minutes you walk out the door after you heard it. So y'all are just proving me <laughs> that, that statement correct. Uh, what else have we talked about in the book of Acts? Fear. fear. We talked about what two kinds of fear, right? Fear of the Lord and the good kind and the bad kind. Fear of the Lord is the good kind. Everything else is the bad kind. What else, what else we talked about? Fellowship. What was that? Fellowship, absolutely. Think, just go use your brains. Don't go back and look at the Bible. What's in chapter one and chapter two? Who remembers? Pentecost. What happened at Pentecost? Holy Spirit came, and we so we talked about what? <laughs> and y'all are, y'all are good. Y'all are just sharp. <laughs> what about the Holy Spirit? What did He do at Pentecost? It was called the what? Starts with a B, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So we talked about that. We talked about what happened as a result of that. What else do we talk about? They were devoted to 
each other. They were devoted to fellowship. Somebody's already said they were devoted to prayer. We talked about all those kind of things. Um, Say it again. They took care of people in the needs. We talked about taking care of the poor, the needy. What else? There's a, a, a word that everybody loves. starts with an R called repentance. We talked about repentance. And y'all are so good. What else? What did we just do a minute ago? We talked about communion. Anything else? Giving. How about, how about the name of Jesus? Y'all remember a few sermons we talked about what that meant? That the name of Jesus wasn't just some magical name. The letters J-E-S-U-S didn't have any real magic in that, in that lettering itself. The name of Jesus stood for what? His authority, power. It stood for who? In, in biblical terms, the name of the person stood for who that person was or is. It's it, the name of Jesus or the name of God. It's, not, it's who he is. So when we come to somebody and we're casting a demon out, in fact, remember there was a certain group of people that were called the sons of Sceva, and they tried to do what? They tried to cast demons out of this guy, and, they, and, and the demons said to them what? We know Paul, we know Jesus, but we don't know you. And they jumped on them and beat the guys what? Beat them up, and they left naked. <laughs> so we talked about the name of Jesus. Man, you guys, y'all have such a great memory. I'm, I'm, I appreciate y'all doing so well on that. How about boldness? Do we talk a little bit about boldness? Yeah, all right. Well, good. Well, I'm glad y'all got that down. All right, let's go on. Acts chapter 6. We're starting there tonight. I'm going to do kind of what I did last week. We're going to read through, actually, we're going to read verses 1 through 15. Um, and I'm going to just read through them to begin with. Then we're going to come back and just kind of look at each verse. that okay with y'all? Amen. All right, Acts 6.1. I'm going to be reading it. actually got it up here. We'll have it up on the screen and the Passion, but you can follow in, in, in one of the other translations if you would like. It says this, During those days, the number of Jesus' followers kept multiplying greatly, but a complaint was brought against those who spoke Aramaic by the Greek-speaking Jews who felt their widows were being overlooked during the daily distribution of food. The twelve apostles called a meeting of all the believers and told them, It is not advantageous for us to be pulled away from the word of God to wait on tables. We want you to carefully select from among yourselves seven godly men. Make sure they are honorable, honorable, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, and we will give them the responsibility of this crucial ministry of serving. They will that will enable us to give our full attention to prayer and the preaching of the word. Everyone in the church loved this idea, so they chose seven men. One of them was Stephen, who we're going to look at tonight, who was known as a man full of faith and overflowing with the Holy Spirit. Along with him were Philip, and some of these words, we're going to just act like I know how to pronounce them, Prochorus, Nicanor, Teman, Parmenius, Nicholas from Antioch, who had all converted to Judaism. All seven stood before the apostles who laid their hands on them and prayed for them, commissioning them into this ministry. God's word reigned supreme and kept spreading. 
The number of Jesus' followers in Jerusalem quickly grew and increased by the day. Now remember, as we've been reading through this, a lot of what was happening during this whole time as, as, as the church was growing and people were becoming Christians, what else was happening? Starts with a P. Persecution. persecution. There was a lot of persecution going on, okay? But yet the church was still growing and people were still coming to Jesus. Um, verse 9, this upset some men belonging to a sect who called themselves the men set free. They were Libyans, Egyptians, and Turks. They all confronted Stephen to argue with him, but the Holy Spirit gave Stephen remarkable wisdom to answer them. His words were prompted by the Holy Spirit, and they could not refute what he said. So the men set free conspired in secret to find those who would bring false accusations against Stephen and to lie about him by saying, We heard this man speak blasphemy against Moses and God. The men set free, this is a group of people, that's what the men set free was, it was, a, it was a, a certain sect, agitated the crowd, the elders and the religious scholars, and then they seized Stephen and forcibly took him before the Supreme Council. One after another, false witnesses stepped forward and accused Stephen, saying, this man never stops denigrating our temple. I thought it was degenerating, denigrating our temple and our Jewish law. For we have heard him teach that Jesus of Nazareth will destroy the temple and change the traditions and customs that Moses handed down to us. Every member of the Supreme Council focused his gaze on Stephen for right in front of their eyes. While being falsely accused, his face glowed as though he had the face of an angel. Isn't that awesome? Let's go back, verse 1. We're going to go back, like I said, just kind of work our way through this tonight. It says this, During those days, the number of Jesus' followers kept multiplying greatly. I want, I want us to look at that for just a second. If I asked you this, if I asked you a question that said, how, how would you describe a Christian? When you think of the word Christian or who a Christian is, how would you describe them? I want you to think about that for a second. What would, what would come to your mind? Here they're called what? Jesus' followers. Okay, Jesus' disciples or Jesus' followers. And as I was looking at it, you know, I said, it, it just, it kind of, I, I love that definition of what it means to be a Christian, is to be a follower of Jesus. Like this, to, for me, it's just, it's a simple way of saying that this person loves Jesus or this person is a Christian. And, and I don't know about you, but there's, there's, there's almost, there's a sense where I don't even like using the term Christian anymore. And the reason being is that it has such a negative connotation or a negative thought in so many people's minds because, quote, Christians have done so many things in the name of Jesus that are wicked and evil and, and just downright mean. Would you agree with that? And so even in today's culture, in today's society, even, I mean, I'm not even talking about around the world the things that are going on in the name of Jesus, but even right now just in America, the, the word Christian if you just tell somebody I'm a Christian, that means like a thousand different things to people. You, you, is that right? I mean, if I tell somebody, hey, I'm a Christian, well, what's that mean? Does that mean I'm a Republican? No comments. 
Does that, does that mean I'm an American because I'm a Christian? You understand there's a lot of people that, that equate, if you're a Christian, that means you're a Republican. Or if you're a Christian, that means you're an American. And that's, that's what they're understanding. Or I'm a Christian because I was born in a, quote, Christian nation. Or I had Christian parents. That must mean that I'm a Christian. In reality, none of that means you're a Christian. You understand you can be born to Christian parents and not be a Christian? This may shock you. You can be a Republican and not be a Christian. <laughs> I know, I know, that's a surprise. Um, this may surprise you too. You can go to church and not be a Christian. So... I love, the, I love how the, 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 at least the Passion translates this, is that, that these people were followers of Jesus. They were called a Jesus follower. And I've used that often in talking with someone or sharing Christ. So this, is what it, this is who I am. I'm a, I, the fact is they'll ask or they'll say something along the lines of, well, you're religious or you got, what religion are you or, or where do you go to church or you know, are you a Christian? And I, I just, I very simply like the terminology. I'm a follower of Jesus. I try my best to follow him. I, I trusted him. He's my Lord. And I have committed my life to be his follower. He's my, my master. He's, he's the one I follow and obey. And that, to me, that, that's much more descriptive of what a Christian really is instead of what people have in their minds today because the word's just been misused. I mean, think... You know, I, I mean, just down through the centuries, think of the of the of the uh, uh, really just the uh, uh, the horrible things, the atrocities, atrocities. Is that right? The atrocities that have been not done in the name of being a Christian. The Crusades jumps out at me. Uh, they're wearing crosses and going around killing people in the name of Jesus. Just the, the church as a whole, even during that century, those 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th centuries, the church as a whole was, was very ungodly, weren't followers of Jesus, and were basically political. So that's why it's called the Dark Ages, absolutely. How about, how about in, I don't know, the 40s and 50s and 60s in our country, um, a group of people with three letters, the KKK. They were all, all supposedly Christians burning crosses, praying, and call themselves Christians that were killing people and beating people, enslaving people, all in the name of Jesus. And again, even, even today in our culture, and I please miss, I hope you don't misunderstand me when I'm saying this, that that There's a lot of, and I, I'm not even going to take that back, there's a lot of people today in America that, that go to church, that call themselves Christians, that are about as godly as a, you put in, you fill in the word. <laughs> Is that right? I mean, it, again, I, I told somebody one time, some of the meanest people I know call themselves Christians. And they are. I, listen, I... If you've been around church very long, you've met some mean people that call themselves Christians. I've, I've, I've had to deal with some of them. 
<laughs> I'm serious. And in the name of Jesus, do things. And, and, you know, we do things to each other and we say things about one another and we accuse people of things and we, we get on these agendas that we, that maybe are even right agendas, but we attack people and we accuse people and go against somebody just because of who they are, what color they are, or what, what, what religion they are, or even what political persuasion they are, it, it, to attack somebody just because of those things in the name of Jesus is ungodly, and it's not being a Christian. It's not being a follower of Jesus. A follower of Jesus does what? Follows Jesus. <laughs> it's deep, ain't it? A follower of Jesus follows him. A follower of Jesus is, wants to live their life the same way that Jesus lived his life. Would you agree with that? If I'm a follower of him, I want to follow him. I want to, I want to see what he did in different situations. I want to respond the way he responded in different, different situations. That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Hey Amen. Let's go on. We're not going to stick there forever. But, now look at this. A complaint was brought against those who spoke Aramaic by the Greek-speaking Jews. you got to get this. There's, there's two different groups of Jews here that were followers of Jesus, or not followers of Jesus, that were, that were around the church. That were, they came and said this. They were speaking against one another. They felt their widows were being overlooked during the daily distribution of food. Now, one of the things, again, as I'm reading this, I'm reading through chapter 6, it's like one of the things that jumps out to me in this, in this verse is this. How old is the church at this point? Anybody got a clue? Yeah. How long? No, not, not yet. Literally, it's not exact, but if you think through the book of Acts, again, not perfect exact, but basically the first five chapters are the first five years. Next 10 chapters are 10 years. The next chapters are 15 years. Again, that's not an exact science, but it's close. Okay, so we're a little over five years after Jesus has died, resurrected, the church has been around, the Holy Spirit's fallen, and already we're starting to see something, that there's this discussion, and there seems to be, in fact, as it says, there's a complaint, that they're complaining. Now imagine that, a church with people complaining in it. I know, I know, it's surprising, isn't it? <laughs> But it's just, when I read that, it's like, it's just, it's just, it was interesting to me that it didn't take long for the church to start complaining, backbiting, murmuring, and fighting against each other. And that's sad to me. <laughs> I've just often wondered, it's like, you know, why, why, can't, why can't people in the church get along with each other? You ever ask that? I mean, I literally, I, I may, I, maybe as a pastor, I ask myself that question more often than, than regular churchgoers. But it's like, why? Sometimes I literally, I'll just go, what, really? You know, as Christians, shouldn't we be known for our love? <laughs> not known for our fighting or not known for our bickering? I mean, how many, I mean, just... How many denominations and churches are there that are, that are started from none other than the fact that they were fighting about something else? I mean, we used to joke about it in the denomination I was in. We called church splitting church growth. That's how we started new churches, because you get mad at somebody and you go start another church. <laughs> 
I mean, I've told you the story where I hunted up in South Carolina. And I literally, I had a 20-mile stretch down this two-lane road. And in that 20 miles, you, you literally, from what you could see, and I know there was more houses back in the woods and down dirt roads, but from the hard road, this little two-lane rinky-dink hard road for 20 miles, there were probably 30 houses. There were at least 20 churches. <laughs> I'm dead serious, and, and, and I just, you know, I, I don't know the history, and I'm guessing, maybe I'm judging, maybe, I hope I'm not judging, well, I probably am judging, <laughs> but I'd, I'd be willing to bet you money that out of the 30 churches, or 20 churches that were there, I'd, I'd be willing to put, you're not supposed to bet, are you? <laughs> I'd be willing to cast lots. I'd be, I, I'd be willing to buy you dinner if I was wrong. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> the, the, probably at least three quarters of those churches started from one of the other churches because they got mad about something. Not, and many times it's not even a doctrinal issue. It's just, you know, they're fighting over, you know, what color to paint the bathroom or, or you know, something important like that. You know, I mean... <laughs> I mean, am I the only one that ever asks this question? Why, why can't people just get along? I mean, seriously, as Christians, why, why can't we just get along? Why can't we just love each other? And even, I mean, even as you read through the, you, you think about, I mean, just look at Jesus. I mean, Jesus is a problem. How many people, how many deserted him? How many left him as he was preaching? I, I don't know. That just kind of jumped out at me. It's like already there's this complaint they're bringing up to each other. It's like, really? Can't y'all just get along? The 12 apostles, they got together. They called a meeting, verse 2. God, I'm not going to spend that much time in each verse, I promise you. Um, <laughs> they called a meeting of all the believers. And they told them, it's not advantageous for us to be pulled away from the Word of God to wait on tables. Now listen to me. Often this is used to like... Um, to make like classes. It's like the apostles are in this group of people. We're too spiritual to wait on tables. Have y'all heard that talk? And it was almost like it's that, it's, that's how, if you're not careful, that's how it can be presented. The apostles, we're, we're committed to prayer and the word. Y'all find some less spiritual people and put them over here and we'll make them the deacons. Have you ever heard that? Oh, don't lie to me. I know you have. Listen to me. I want, look, look at this. Read this. Read, let's, let's finish reading it. This is what it says. It's not, it's not advantageous for us to be pulled away. Look what it says, verse 3. This is the pre, this is the pre, verse 3 is the qualifications for the people that were going to wait on tables. You with me? The apostle says, find these people to wait on tables. It's not advantageous for us to do it. Why? Because what was the apostles' calling? What they're basically saying is our calling, it doesn't make us more spiritual. It doesn't make us more holy. It doesn't make us anything more. The fact that God called us to be apostles, and as apostles, we need to commit our time to the Word and prayer. We don't have time to take care of all the other things that's going on. You need somebody else that is, that is, that is called to do this job of waiting on tables. It doesn't mean waiting on tables is less spiritual. It just means that's a, something that needs to be done by somebody else other than them. Look at the qualifications. I mean, if you think this job for waiting on tables is for somebody that's just, you know, can't do anything else, you know, look what, it, look what he says they need to find. We want you to select from yourself seven 
godly men. Make sure, look at this, this is their qualifications. Make sure they're honorable, full of the Holy Spirit, and wisdom. And then we will give them the responsibility of this crucial ministry of serving. Then we will be able to give our full attention to prayer and preaching the Word of God. What, what, is, what is the qualifications, in, at least in, in the church, in this century, what was the qualifications for somebody just to wait on a table? <laughs> huh? Yeah. No. I mean, what, what's he? They got to be full of the Holy Spirit. They got to be what else? Honorable. Honorable. Full of the Holy Spirit. And. Wise. That sounds like some pretty stringent qualifications. I mean, he's not saying, hey, we're the spiritual bunch. You just find any old whatever is to wait on tables. I mean, that's kind of how we look at it if we're not careful. In reality, he's saying, no, these got to be, these have to be people full of Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit. They're honorable. They're men of integrity and wisdom. <laughs> And then we'll be able to do what God's called us to do. Everyone, look at verse 5. Here's some unity. Everyone in the church loved this idea. <laughs> Doesn't happen often. So they chose seven men. Look what it says. One of them was who? Stephen. Look what it says. Who was known as a man full of faith and overflowing with the Holy Spirit. Oh, to be known. I mean, think, just put your thought around it. They, they, how, how would you recognize? What do you, think of this for a second. They knew Stephen, this guy. They knew him to be what? Full of the Holy Spirit and what? And faith. They knew that. How, how would you know? How would we be able to look at somebody today and decide? Let's say God gave us. He told us, you know what, find seven people in your church that are full of the Holy Spirit, that are honorable, that are full of wisdom, and, and find them and put them in charge of doing this task. How would you look at somebody's life to determine that person's full of the Holy Spirit? What would they look like? Their actions. Yeah, but they would look like who? Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> Isn't that right? I mean, to be, what, I mean, when, I love this statement. It says, they found, they looked at Stephen, who was, he was known as a man that was full of faith and overflowing with the Holy Spirit. What a, I mean, what a testimony. To be, to, I mean, don't, wouldn't you just like to be known? Wouldn't, wouldn't you, <laughs> Wouldn't you like to be sitting in the crowd, you're in the church crowd, the leadership, the apostles, you know, these dudes that had hung out with Jesus, they say, you know what, God's called us to do this, but we need some people to take care of, of serving tables. And these people, they got to be full of the Holy Spirit. They got to have some wisdom. They got to be honorable. They need to be full of faith. And the first person they think about is this dude over here, Stephen. <laughs> I mean, what? Come on, when, wouldn't you like to be the, let's just say, you know what, guys, I want y'all to pick out three people 
that are full of faith, full of the Holy Spirit, full of Jesus, that are honorable. Who comes to your name? Don't, don't, don't spout it out, but think. Do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, wouldn't, you, wouldn't, it, wouldn't it just be awesome to be known as, I mean, when somebody looks at you and goes, this guy's just, he's full of the Holy Spirit. I, he, I, know, I know that about this person. How did, they, how did they know that about Stephen? Because they'd been what? Around him. Right? They'd, they'd seen how he lived. They'd seen what he did. They saw his lifestyle. They, they probably... I don't know if he was married or not. They, I'm assuming he was. They, they probably saw the way he treated his wife. They probably saw the way he treated his kids. If he was a businessman, they probably saw how he responded in business. They, they probably listened to his, maybe this to his jokes. I don't know. <laughs> Somehow or another, they knew he was full of the Holy Spirit and was full of faith and honorable. And wouldn't that just be awesome to... to, to I mean, don't you want that? I always get the epitaph. I don't know why. I've always had trouble with that word. Wouldn't you like that on your tombstone? Bob. <laughs> known as. Quotes. Known as a man full of faith. Full of. Not full of something else. <laughs> full of the Holy Spirit. Wouldn't that be awesome? Be known as that. I mean, they, he was known for that. It wasn't. They didn't have to second guess. They didn't. Have, well, you know, you know. Let me see. We got there's Joe over there, and he kind of, sorta, you know. And then there's Bill, and you know, <laughs> Stephen, a man full of faith. I love that man. Is that, didn't have a little bit of faith. He was full of it, full of faith, overflowing with the Holy Spirit. What's that mean? Oh, full of. <laughs> there you go. If you're overflowing, what's that mean? It means you're so full. I'm so full of the Holy Spirit. It's just, it's oozing out of me. <laughs> I'm overflowing with it. Oh my gosh, are y'all catching this? What was the evidence? What was the proof? All right, let's go on. Along with him, they chose Philip, the other guys. I'm not going to go through those names again. They laid hands on them, prayed for them, and sent them out to do what God had called them to. Well, this ticked off some of the local people that were around there, the leadership, the Jewish leadership, the priest. And so they go after Stephen, verse 8, jump down to 8. Stephen, again, was a man full of... Grace, <laughs> supernatural power. Look what it says. This, who is Stephen again? Is he an apostle? No. Is, was he one of the one eleven? No. We believe this is probably the first deacons. So he uh, he was he was just a just a deacon. <laughs> and this guy. Stephen, that's why Acts is not just the book of the Acts of the Apostles, it's the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Stephen was a man full of grace, supernatural power. He performed many astonishing signs and wonders and mighty miracles among the people. <laughs> and then what's so crazy is it? 
Yeah. And then, and that ticks people off. <laughs> There's a man full of faith, wisdom, honorable, performing many signs and wonders and miracles. And the next, very next verse says what? This upset. It made some of them mad. Upset some men belonging to this sect that called themselves men set free. Apparently they weren't men set free. Or they wouldn't have gotten mad about seeing what Stephen was doing. And they confronted Stephen. Look, verse 10. But the Holy Spirit, look what it says. The Holy Spirit gave Stephen what? Are you there yet? Verse 10. The Holy Spirit gave Stephen what? Remarkable, not just regular wisdom. <laughs> Remarkable wisdom to do what? Answer them. Do y'all remember Jesus saying something to the early disciples that were following him and he sent them out? Do you remember him saying something to them along the lines of effectiveness? I think I got it. Turn is the next slide, Matthew. Ta-da. Look at there. Man, I'm so good. Matthew 10. This is what Jesus said to his disciples. Be on your guard, for there will be those who will... Look what it says. Jesus is telling the disciples ahead of time as he's sending them out. Be on your guard. There will be those who will betray you before their religious councils and brutally beat you with whips in their public gatherings. Does that sound like something that's just happening in Acts? And because you follow me, they will take you to stand trial in front of rulers and even kings as an opportunity to testify me before them and the unbelievers. So, he, Jesus is telling these guys ahead of time, so when they what? Arrest you. Has that happened? We're already seeing that in Acts. What was happening? They got what? Arrested. Hello? So when they arrest you, don't, look what it says, don't worry about how to speak or what to say, for the Holy Spirit will give you at that very moment the words to speak. It won't be you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Jesus told the disciples ahead of time, this is going to happen. They're going to arrest you. They're going to throw you in jail. You're going to stand before the leaders. You're going to stand before kings. You're going to stand before the council. Don't worry about what you're going to say. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's going to do what? He's going to speak through you and give you the words to say. Go back to Acts. Stephen was standing before them. And he began, they confronted Stephen and began to argue with him. But the Holy Spirit did what? Verse 10, gave Stephen remarkable wisdom to answer them. His words were prompted by the Holy Spirit, and they could not refute what he said. So this group of, this sect of this group called Men Set Free conspired in a secret to find those who would bring false accusations against Stephen and lie about him and said, we heard this man speak blasphemy against Moses and God. This group of set free people agitated the crowd, the elders and the religious scholars, and then they seized Stephen and forcibly took him. Man, if, if you're, if you're, tracking along and you're watching some of this happening back acts one through five six we've been reading and you're seeing these people that are followers of jesus what they're going through doesn't that make you want to sign up <laughs> you know what i was told when i signed up how wonderful it's going to be god loves you <laughs> 
and has an incredible plan for you. I had, you know what my mind thought of with an incredible plan? I'm going to be blessed. I'm going to be rich. <laughs> I'm going to have hunting land up in Ohio, <laughs> Kentucky. I'm going to be blessed beyond measure because God has a great plan for me. You know what? He does have a great plan. It just ain't yours. <laughs> it's, it's not the same as yours. It wasn't the same as mine. <laughs> I mean, look at these people. They're getting beaten, arrested, these followers of Jesus. And yet, all we just got through reading 10 verses prior to that, that many people were coming to the Lord, that many people were following Jesus. The followers of Jesus are getting thrown in jail and beaten and whipped and, and stoned, and other people are joining. Mm. They seized Stephen and forcibly took him before the Supreme Council. One after another, they had false witnesses. They declared how this man never stops. They were lying about him. Verse 15 says this, Every member of the Supreme Council focused his gaze on Stephen. They're all looking at him. They're watching him. They've been accusing him. And right in front of their eyes, while being falsely accused, his face glowed as though he had the face of an angel. <laughs> Is that awesome? What happened? What happened? What, what did Stephen, what happened to Stephen right then? What was going on? You, you think the Holy Spirit was filling him up? <laughs> you think in the middle of this trial, in the middle of this persecution, in the middle of being beaten, in the middle of being seized, he didn't know what was getting ready to happen. And we're going to read next week what he did. He lost his life because of this. And yet, as they're looking at him, these people that are, again, put yourself there. This is a group of religious leaders that are ticked off about this guy preaching about Jesus. They're mad. I mean, they're, fur they're fuming. They're furiously mad. And they're watching him give this guy standing there that's probably not necessarily, you know, educated in the higher schools of rabbinical teaching. And he's refuting what they're saying because he's, the Holy Spirit has given him the words to say to them that's astonishing them. They're, 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 they're getting mad. They can't even answer his, his rebukes to them. They can't answer that back. And then as this is happening, they're watching him, and all of a sudden, he begins to glow. <laughs> and he begins to, his face begins to look like an angel. Is that powerful? I mean, what could have happened? I mean, what could, what could his face have looked like? Yeah. I mean, that was happening to you. I mean, are we, are you going, when that happened, are we turning to Jesus? So we're going to look like an angel or are we going to get ticked off? <laughs> are we going to want to fight back? When somebody ridicules us or somebody says something that's, that's, that's false, were they accusing him falsely? They, they gathered witnesses to, to speak false accusations against him. I mean, in the flesh, it would have been real easy for him to get riled up. His face could have turned red <laughs> with anger instead of his face turning like an angel. Is that powerful? I mean, what are, what are we going to... I want you to understand something. I honestly, with, and I know the church has been saying this for over 2,000 years, <laughs> but I, 
in my lifetime, I've never seen what's happening in our world today. And you and I are going to have the opportunity to decide, are we going to stand for Jesus or are we going to give in? Are we going to follow the system of the world or are we going to stand for Jesus? And if we stand for him, are we going to do it with our face looking like an angel? <laughs> or are we going to stand for him in meanness and anger and bitterness and being mad? You follow me? You see, it's easy for us to get mad at the culture that is doing things that we don't like. The question is, can we speak against those things and still love the people that are doing it? That's the question. I think we can. <laughs> you see, I think the other side, if you're not careful, you'll hear all about the doom and gloom that's going to happen in the end times. And go over to Matthew 24 and hear about all this stuff that's going to happen. At the same time, there's going to be a revival that out-revivals any other revival in history. At the same time, that's going on. People are going to come to Jesus in droves. In fact, it's already happening around the world. In many, many countries around the world, Muslims are, are turning to Jesus by the tens of thousands. Many of them, if you'll read the stories, many of them are getting actual appearances. Jesus is showing up and appearing before them. That's going on around the world. And I think we're going to see it here again. I think, I think as the persecution arises, we're going to see uh, an, a, a move of the Holy Spirit like we haven't seen. Amen? I think we can hold on to that. We don't have to go, woe is me, the end's coming, it's going to all be bad. It's going to be bad, but there's going to be a lot of good at the same time. Let's stand up. Man, I'm letting y'all out early tonight. Brazilian church is going to come in and want to know what happened to us. <laughs> you guys good? Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Hmm. Hallelujah. Father, I pray you'd help us, Lord, to not just um, not just read about these stories in the book of Acts and think that's something that happened 2,000 years ago. But Father, help us to understand and believe and have faith and confidence and trust that what you did then, you want to do now. And Father, I pray you'd help us to be, uh, Lord, help us to be known as men and women of faith, Lord, uh, full of grace, full of wisdom, full of the Holy Spirit, honorable. Holy Spirit, we just ask that you'd come. We ask that you'd fill us up, Lord. Fill us up with, with power and strength. And Holy Spirit, we ask you just to, to empower us, Lord, to come and to have your way in our lives, to do a work in us. And Jesus, I pray you just, you'd open our eyes, Lord, this week. Give us each opportunities to see around us what you're doing. And help us to walk in, in, with what you're doing, Lord. Help us to, to have boldness. Help us to have courage to stand and to step up and to speak those things that you're speaking to us. You give us the words. Jesus, you told your disciples, and we see here, even in the book of Acts, how the Holy Spirit 
gave Stephen the words, Lord. We pray you would use us, Dad, in that same way. You'd speak through us. You'd give us the words to speak into people's lives and their hearts, to encourage people. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to a teaching from Vineyard Church. For more information on teachings and special events, visit us online at www.vcjax.org. That's vcjax.org. 